Thanksgiving Day, I was blessed to be with my family. We all merged on Abilene, Texas. My daughter and her family came up from Stephenville, my son from Lubbock, and then I came from the metropolitan area of Quanah. So we met, we met and had family time at Cracker Barrel. Our weight was about 145, 145. It was a long time. Seemed like 100, but it was an hour and about 45 minutes. But as our families visited, and it didn't seem like it took that long. We don't have the pleasure of getting together like that all at once, but maybe once or twice a year. You know, Granddad doesn't really want to see his grandkids, not at all. Just ask Jim. Just uh, the opportunity to see those four grandkids and watching them and see how they've grown up and how they've matured. And then this morning I was thinking that about the time I came here, there were four young ones that would come up for children work, uh, worship. Hannah, Tara, Jamie, Jennifer. And that was about all we had. And then we had this cluster this morning of such beautiful lives. Vivaciousness. Their, their smiles just melt anyone. While we were waiting for our turn, there was a little girl, I would say, that was about two, maybe. Uh, she was still in diapers, and she had her pacifier. And uh, she had a brother that was maybe five or six that was kind of tilling around uh, behind her, just kind of, you know, if she fell down, which she did several times, uh, not with any pain, but her brother would help her get back up. And it was really cute to watch, and Mother was right behind them watching both of them. And then they came up on this porch, and there's a lot of, uh, most of you know they're the rockers that they have on their porches. And this little young girl looked up and saw a boy sitting in one of those chairs that was just about her size. And she goes trotting over there and gives that little boy a hug as he's sitting there. And what you're saying right now, oh, everybody on that porch must have been watching because everybody said, oh, the innocence of a child. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. Just as you are beautiful. Y'all are beautiful. Yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> you are beautiful. In the Bible, in reference to this morning, I checked out the word child or children, and in the NIV, it's mentioned almost 600 times. That is how important these young people are. And it is so important that they start off on the right foot like these three did this morning. It's a journey. It's not a sprint. And the parents do need support, just like we did. We need support. We need sometimes even guidance. Uh, they'll come to you as a close friend and say, hey, I've got this situation. Have you ever experienced it? And, you know, especially when they get to be teenagers. 
but you have those kind of experiences and you've got your friends with you, you get strength from that. Your family, there's strength in that. But these young people, they trust us. They have that trust, as I spoke of this morning, for their meals, for the changing of the clothes, for their rest. They have so much trust in their family, let's say, and especially mom and dad. But they trust us. Do you trust me? Look at that big smile. Y'all are wonderful. No, Nikki, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> and Dolly, I'm not going to do that. No, 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 Zach, put your hand down, buddy. But there's trust. And I trust that you don't ask me to do that. But we have trust in, in these that we love and that we're around. The grandparents, you know, Jim said he's... He's had that grandson for since Thursday, and he would love it if he had several more days. It's a bond that you cannot really describe adequately with words. The reason the word child and children is used so often in the Bible is that we are a child of God. And he lets us know that. He lets us know that we are his children. Just as these young men had trust in me to pick them up and not drop them, we have so much greater faith in him. And that faith grows and grows as we experience trials and tribulations in life. And we get through one and then, okay, I made it. He and I made it. And then we come to another one. And it's there. But we know that we had that experience or one similar or challenges before and we know that Jesus Christ did not turn His back on us. He never did. And He never will turn His back on us. In the first book of John, not the Gospel, first uh, the first chapter, the fifth verse. This is the message we have heard from Him and declare to you, God is light. In Him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with Him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, His Son, purifies us from all sins. Notice it is the blood of Jesus Christ that purifies us. There is no act, no deed, anyone's going to be able to do that's going to be able to purify us. You know, we might reach a point and we say, boy, I feel guilty about this or that. I've got to clean up my act. 
So every day I'm going to read another chapter in the Bible. I'm going to make sure I'm in church every Sunday, go to Sunday school. And all of these different acts, I'm going to be kinder to my brother. I am going to on and on. But none of that, as important as they are, as important as they are, none of that is going to get us into heaven. Our acts cannot do it. We cannot be that pure. Our thoughts alone betray us. And He hears every one of them, much to the, my chagrin, and I imagine some others also, that the thought that He actually hears, every thought in my head. But He does. And there are no surprises. For the Bible tells us that He knew us even before we were born. There are no surprises. I've talked to individuals that said they did not go to church because they felt guilty when they were there or when they left. You know, they knew their life. But Jesus Christ already knows. And the blood has already washed those sins away. Not the good deeds, but the, judge, the blood of Jesus Christ. So whatever you've carried in here with you today, release it. Release it here. So many times, these guilt trips are what trigger outbreaks of emotion and anger later on. It could be on the way going home. And it's not really what was said in the car, not really what had been done that morning, but the guilt that we carry around is like a cancer. It'll just eat us up, destroy relationships, make it where individuals have trouble even being around each other. The guilt that we carry, and it's all available to you and to me. The forgiveness of Jesus Christ is available to each and every one of us. In the third chapter again, the first John, the third verse, I mean third chapter, first verse. See what great love the Father has lavished on us? that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that they do not know Him. There is no place in the Bible that will say that you are a stepchild. There is no place in the Bible that says that you are a grandchild. God doesn't have grandchildren and great-grandchildren. God only has children. Jesus Christ is your brother. Jesus Christ is also God, as you well know. God in the Trinity. And that price came from here. His love. I see how Michaela's looking at her. Mom and dad are, are looking at him with such love in their eyes. 
you're in trouble because your mother's looking over your shoulder watching you, making sure that you're doing everything right, Michaela. She has not taken her eyes off of that son. But as great as our love is, his love is even greater. You are a child of God. The third chapter again in 1 John, I found this to have so many references to children that I, I stayed in this most of the time. This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not God's child, nor is anyone who does not love their brother our sister. We are called to set an example, not just mom and dad with their kids, but all of us to set an example. As the kids came through the halls this morning going to Sunday school or leaving the fellowship hall, they saw you, the adults of this congregation. What did they see? What kind of an example did you set? What kind of thought would that young person looking up at you have? Would they see somebody that with a smile had a kindness about them that they felt very comfortable with? Or would they have this feeling of intimidation? The first church I ever helped serve with had just started building a young person's class. And some of the older people started complaining to the minister, saying there's too much noise down there. We can't study what we want to study. Evidently, these adults had already missed it. For such is the kingdom of God. And their sound is nothing more than music to hear these young ones up here and through here. To see Mason raising his head and speaking out. The children of God. That's what we are entrusted with. And how are we handling that responsibility? 1 John, the second chapter, first verse. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins and only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. Jesus Christ is the answer. Never should we pat ourselves on the back and say, look how good I am. I am really a righteous person. For you are fooling no one. The image that we see of someone in the community might be one thing, but maybe when they go on a trip a hundred miles away, it's totally different. 
It happens. But the one that knows you is the one that has already bled for you. There's no fool in him. Jesus Christ is the answer. What is your question? Is your question, will you, Jesus Christ, accept me? The sinner that I am, will you accept me? I can already tell you his answer. Not because I'm so smart, but because I've read his word. His answer is yes. You are forgiven.